Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. beautiful people. Welcome to God is Gray, the podcast. Although I, as a Christian, believe that God resides in absolute truth, in black and white, we as people are stuck here on planet Earth contending with the gray. In church, gray areas often cause dissension, anger, and even hate. But on this platform, I welcome open dialogue, variety of opinion, and differing belief systems. God is Gray is meant to teach, inform, and simply trade stories with kindness, love, and mutual respect. If you have a story or perspective to share, please reach me, Brenda Marie Davies, at GodIsGrayXO at gmail.com. To support the cause and be a part of our community, donate to patreon.com slash GodIsGrey. Now, on to the episode. Hello, beautiful people. Today we're talking to my new friend, Maddie. She actually hit me up via Gmail at goddessgrayxo at gmail.com. And I read all of your letters. It is such a blessing to hear all of your stories. And they are long and... I appreciate them so much, but I don't have time to respond to all of them. So I'm trying to do it one-on-one whenever I can or via videos. And with Maddie, she just caught me at the perfect time. I was in the bank, bored in this long line. And I got this very candid, beautiful email, just hard on her sleeve. And I was impressed by her honesty and her story. And I really wanted to share it with you guys. So hello, Maddie. Hello, Brenda. (laughs) This is crazy. The other unique thing is that Maddie and I are 10 years apart. So I was really hard pressed to find pornography. Not that makes it sound like I was looking for it. I was like, I was going through alleys, digging through the trash. No, I was not even inspired by that at all. Like that was not on my radar by any means. I remember one time I went to a sleepover when I was probably in like seventh grade, and the girls' parents had like an array of channels, and one of them was like showtime after dark or something and it was just like a soft core pornography where the motion was in action but like it still didn't really clarify anything for me it definitely wasn't explicit right and that is my only memory of being exposed to any sort of pornography Mm. um and then you guys that are all in this other generation like when's the first time you saw pornography oh man i think the earliest memory of me seeking it out or like kind of stumbling across it myself was when I got my first laptop and I was at age 12. So, Mm. you know, and just the world opened up from there. Did you seek it out or was it like a pop-up or? Um, that's a good question. I think, uh, at this, at that point in my life, I had, you know, 
stumbled across it in different ways, kind of like you, like, you know, it came on a channel and I was like, Ooh, what's that? And mm -hmm. I definitely always had a strong curiosity for all things sexual. So I was like, I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. yeah, it's, it's raw, it's different. It's, you know, unknown. And so, um, so I guess by the time I was 12 and had my own laptop, I had the access to it. I went searching for sure. Got, so no, yeah, that makes sense. That sounds perfectly natural to me. Yeah. So you're first exposed to pornography at twelve. Before then, were you already masturbating? No. So so the exposure was definitely a lot before, like so much sooner before twelve. I think yeah, twelve is like that pinpoint in my mind when it's mm. like I went and I sought it out. That's where I kind of saw the ball kind of start rolling. And so, uh, and you saw some balls. And I saw some balls. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I remember I got this laptop and, um, it's, this is probably one of the more shameful memories that I feel like this is why you remember certain things because the shame that's attached to it. Mm. And so I'd gotten this laptop. It was a blessing. It was for free. It was given by a friend and, um, and my grandmother, the first thing she said to me was like, now don't go looking at porn. And of course, what do I do first thing? You're like, good idea. Cool. Thanks, Grandma, <laughs> for putting it in my mind. And um, and so, yeah, that's what started. And actually, I yeah, I'd started to masturbate before porn. I had kind of discovered it, self-discovery. Yeah. Um, and Perfectly natural yeah, and normal, Yeah, perfect. And yeah. I think that's important. We need to, like, our bodies are a blessing from God. We need to know um, how they operate and... Um, quickly did you experience any shame in those moments do you have no. any okay no because shame. that's what i say too like people ask what's the difference between shame and conviction yeah and i think i know that shame is external and conviction is internal okay that's the way i would define it it's because i you really can tell the difference after you cultivate that i yeah. believe after you get rid of the voices of shame that are external telling you the gross things that you did or how bad you are then you can hear the conviction because mm. I don't think the Holy Spirit brings shame upon us. Mm. I don't think no. God is a God of shame. No. I think God is a God of conviction yes. and God is a God of encouragement mm. and you can do better. Preach. But shame is not godly to me. Yeah. So I think it's interesting and I tell people this about my masturbation video, which let me clarify, it's not a video of me masturbating <laughs> for anyone listening. In case you're wondering. I did a video on is masturbation a sin, yes. which was very yeah. controversial. Men are screaming at me all the time about how immoral it is. Which Interesting. Is, yeah, men have a very hard time with that video. I like that video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a I think I made a pretty good case for it. Yeah. But um, a lot of people argue, well, you know, that shame you feel after you masturbate, that you know is God telling you that it's wrong. And I'm like, no, I think if you feel shame, that is your pastor, your mom, your Yourself. someone yeah. telling you to feel ashamed, yeah. not God. Totally. So anyway, that was a long tangent to say. I think it's interesting that you did not feel shame yes. until you actually looked at pornography. Yeah, and we'll probably touch more into that because that goes more along with once I was saved. Um, because at this point in my life... Um, being in, I don't, well, could be because I'm a missionary kid. I don't know. But, um, I consider myself, I've been a, a believer in God and Christ my whole life. It wasn't until college when I was saved, more terminology to come to you, Lee. <laughs> yeah. Um, not until I was saved that I became a Christian. Mm. And I think that is important in the sense of that I, I understood, like I had all these theologies. I was like, I don't want to call myself a soldier, but like, you know, kind of like a soldier, you're like, you're prepped, you know, everything like you're, you're good, you know, 
But it's like, but if you don't know the mission, are you really a good soldier? Are you like, you know, are you mm. serving your country at that point? Weird analogies, I know. So, so I had these theologies very mature for such a young age and all of these things, but I didn't have that personal relationship with Christ. There was just those missing pieces. And so, um, so when it came to masturbation, yes, I didn't feel anything inherently wrong about it. Porn, yes. There yeah. was shame with the porn. And that was um, self-inflicted. And that kind of like what you're saying, internal, external. Like shame, I feel like is that's conjured by yourself. And, and then the conviction is like, yes, from God. And so uh, your desire to want to rectify, mm. I think helps define the shame versus yeah. the conviction because mm. it's like, okay, like the shame, you, you know, like maybe you should change and then, but then you get kind of pulled down into this spiral of like self-loathing and stuff right. with conviction. You have a desire to want to be better to, uh, you that's know. great. That's so, a great way to articulate that, it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so with shame, masturbation itself did not bring me shame, um, in the beginning. And, you know, I was aged like 11, 12 and, um, the porn, there were those moments of shame where it's like, um, and this is just kind of, you know, in my thoughts about porn, like this is what porn does because, um, you start watching, it might be innocent at first. And then you start getting into these, like, it's, it's a, it's a hole, right? So yeah. it, you have a, a need and there's no way to satisfy that. And so you kind of keep digging and digging, um, so I, I, I'd like to think that for the first couple of years, like, um, of doing it, it was like, those are the heydays, right? The honeymoon phase of like, I'm feeling good. I'm doing the morning, do it at night, like in bed. And, uh, it makes me feel good. I can get up and go about my day. Um, but, uh, I think they say that a habit or a, addiction kind of develops after continually doing something for like 30 oh, days, yeah, or 30, yeah. 60 days straight. And you know, it's going on like five, six years. And mm. so, um, and I, too, like with porn, I never was under a false impression that porn was real in the sense of like, this is what real sex and real love looks like. Yes, they're having real sex, but I was able to separate of like, no, this is just more kind of animal. Performative. Yeah it's, yeah, it's raw. Like, I yeah. know my body doesn't look like that. Yes, there were insecurities of like, well, my body doesn't look like that. And I yeah, like my let's body. Let's get into that yeah, later. We too. Will yeah, get into that. But um, I was never under that false impression. Um, so I would watch porn maybe like a couple times a month. Okay. But my my porn, the what I considered to be like my greatest um, lust was after like erotic fiction and like art. That's where uh, and that we can also go into that too of just um, the difference in porn. Interesting. Um, because yes, like one can like watch regular porn, but like we call them P subs in our community, porn substitutes, oh. and uh, it's things that aren't explicitly mm. porn, but they're porn to you. And so I was, I'm so big on those like erotic novels in like that, like such a cliche girly way of like, no, like I don't even want those romance books. Give me like those like 50 shades of gray type stuff <laughs> where it's just like, I can get lost in the fantasy yeah. of a story of a girl who could be like me and having sex with a ravenous man or something like that. So that was my porn. Um, and so I started discovering those things as I started getting older and kind of like you're saying, like, in our age difference, like 
at age 12, internet is alive and well, and yeah. it is so accessible. Yeah. You can find it. Anything. Yeah. The generational disconnect is really blowing my mind because I would say almost, and this is not to encourage y'all to keep going, yeah. but like the majority of people I hear from are porn watchers yes. and a lot of people come at me like really sweetly and they're like okay I believe what you said is true that mm -hmm. masturbation is okay but um what do you think about pornography and I have a very nuanced complicated view of pornography yeah. um and believe I'm accompanying this video with a video about my views on pornography mm. so check it out but um I say sin is something that causes harm. Mm. I think that's just the easiest way to wrap your head around it. Is it harming myself? Is it harming another person? Is it harming the environment? So on and so forth. And pornography is a very clearly harmful industry. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to sit around and say that every single person that's ever walked into sex work is not having a good time, mm -hmm. that there's no source of empowerment. Like mm -hmm. there are a lot of people in the sex positive world right now saying that they are empowered and they're doing it their own way and they're happy. Mm -hmm. But I also know the statistics and facts from my friend Harmony Dust Grillo, who mm -hmm. has this ministry where she helps women get out of the sex industry. Wow. And it's like 80% of the women in the sex industry wish they could get out. A lot of them are being trafficked 70 percent of women in the commercial sex industry are trafficked in apparently so you're talking about women in your porn that you're watching are potentially girls that came here from russia to be a model to have a better life and they are now being trafficked into that situation yeah. so to me unless you're going somewhere where you can be like, this is completely ethically sourced pornography, <laughs> you know? And Farm I've, raised. Yeah, and I've, yeah. I've thought of that too. I'm like, okay, I guess could I tell people it's more ethical to go on the amateur portion of a website and mm. be like, well, at least these people are both. But even that, you're like, well, did the guy pressure the girl, even vice versa? Like, mm -hmm. is this exes that taped it and he just put it out? You know, like... You just never know the source and you can almost, you can never guarantee that it's ethically sourced mm -hmm. porn that quote isn't doing harm, which then immediately puts it into a sin category for me. Yeah. So that is my main issue with that. But I also have the great privilege that I'm now understanding of not having grown up with it. When you start connecting your like senses and your sexuality immediately while it's developing to these things oh yeah like I don't know how you break those habits mm -hmm. and those sensors and like I think it does take work to just realign your sexuality and I'm working on that right now like coming from promiscuity to honoring your body is a journey mm -hmm. you do have to take active steps yeah. to like rewire your brain and treat people well. Like walk up to a man in a bar and talk to him as a human instead of like right. being a predator. Yeah. Which is basically what I was. Like a predator. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's the same thing. Like, So anyway, all of that said, I think it's interesting because my perspective was like, okay, if I can steer the my God is great audience away from pornography on the basis that it's not ethical, then maybe they can do erotic fiction or they can do these other things where there are no victims involved. Right. But what you're telling me is that essentially there is, which is that the victim is you. Yeah. 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 
which puts it back into that sin category. Right. Yeah, there it goes. <laughs> like causing harm. Yeah. But I, I just think that's interesting. So you actually lost interest in like the video portion of it or do you, do you dabble in both? I, I'm a dabbler. <laughs> okay. um, it's it's kind of ultimately about getting off, right? So yeah. um, so I'll just kind of like walk through for the, the rest of my story. About yeah, it. please. So um, – so for, yeah, for about 13 years, just getting in this, these habits of, um, you know, masturbating somewhere between like one to four times a day. So definitely be in the morning when I wake up and then at night before I go to sleep. And okay. that's, um, and if you know, like, you know, psychology with classical conditioning, you know, you get into these habits of like, okay, now my bed is that place. So when I'm mm. in bed, um, it makes it really hard not to think about that, which will come again later at the end of when I talk about getting through my recovery. But, um, so that was just kind of the routine and sometimes porn would be in there and sometimes it wouldn't. Um, and I'm a, I'm an artist person. I have fantasy. So, you know, if I, I have my own fantasy to kind of get me off and if not, then I refuel by watching some porn or find it somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, not at all thinking any of this was wrong. Shame only arising every now and then when like, Oh, I almost got, you know, my mom almost saw my laptop and I forgot to click out my browser or like, um, especially when people asked about your laptop, Oh gosh, (laughs) that is terrifying. And I feel like for my porn addicts out there or people who even watch porn, they know what I feel like this, just this fear of like, Oh my God, they're going to find my porn. Um, and maybe not, so much fear in those communities that like you know not christian don't really care as much because this is it's still one of those weird topics where it's like you know people do it whether you're christian or not you know people do it but like people don't really talk about it or they do and they're super confident or like no we don't talk about it it's just one of those things like people do in their own rooms or whatever so anyway so so i get to college and this is the life that i'm living i'm also um a virgin um, I wasn't, like I said, like when I found out my mom wasn't, um, didn't save herself till marriage, I was just like, sweet, free reign. Um, but, and I, being a Christian, consider this God's hand at work of like, anytime there was an opportunity to have sex, mm-hmm. it didn't happen. Yeah. Which I'm so grateful for because, you know, when I got to high school, started drinking maybe around age 18, I was a pretty late bloomer. My friends had started drinking, having sex. I waited a little bit longer. Um, started doing that party culture as some yeah. people like to say. Um, and so I was doing all that and there were guys and I would hook up, but sex never happened. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted it too. Like, it's not that for a lack of, well, I don't know if I tried that hard, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it just didn't happen. And so, um, when I got to college, I went to a Christian university and, um, not for really any purpose, but one, I got a scholarship, so free ride, and it just kind of all worked out that way. And uh, I was saved. So, and, you know, that's also one of those weird terms of, like, being saved kind of looks different for different people. Yeah. Like, I was a Christian my whole life, or walking, loving God, knowing he exists, but um, making him the center of my life, making Christ the center um, my freshman year. And so from that point on, I think you ha- hear a lot of really great save stories about people like, oh, I was saved and like my life turned around. I actually entered depression after being saved. Oh, interesting. Because that's when the conviction started coming in. So, and that's where it's different from shame. I was, yes, I was depressed. I was sad because I couldn't figure out why I felt all these different things of like, okay, like 
Christ is at the center of my life. Sweet. It's me and Jesus now. But why do I feel these things? Why do I feel sad? Because there's all these things that I've been doing that weren't necessarily bad, but I had made the center of my life instead of Christ. And I had to move that out to move Christ in. And it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. And so, um, so porn and masturbation, um, I had heard a sermon, uh, from my pastor with my church now, and he was talking about porn and emotional porn and that emotional porn resonated with me because, mm. um, with reading erotic novels and loving those things, um, I connected, yes, I got off on porn too, but I also connected deeper with this desire, this fantasy that like, you know, I'd have this rugged man and all these things and, um, really attach myself to that. So for those who don't know what Lent is, Lent is the season of like, um, where you kind of, well, I'm going to now butcher what Lent is, but essentially you give up for, you know, um, 30 days, yeah. 40 days, 30 days. Oh my gosh. I know. I, know I forget. Well, anyway. Christ was tempted, and so Lent. Oh my goodness! <laughs> like Jesus did something, Jesus. man. So we give up things for some kid. reason. Um, we essentially, yeah, we we purge ourselves of the things that have kind of come up in our lives that we put before Christ, and so it's the season of doing it. Some people just give up. Oh, I'm gonna give up soda, and so I've never taken it that seriously. My family always did it, yeah, but I never took it seriously. So um, I decided for my first Lent that I would give up. Uh, masturbation because mm-hmm. I was like hmm, this seems like a problem so I tried it I failed immediately wow okay. and that's where the shame came in not mm-hmm. the conviction because I was like oh my gosh like this is a pro- I couldn't even give this up like and so I like was hating myself and I'm like like you know God must hate this about me and all this stuff mm. so every Lent after that I would start giving up porn and masturbation and failing so bad and I would try to give it up in between um and the first time um I had failed with Lent I'd had this moment I had a group of my best girlfriends we were all sitting together it's one of these weird college moments we're all sitting around and get into deep conversation and I felt the spirit put on my heart share with them sorry (gasps) if I get emotional but I was just like and it was the scariest thing for me because I was like I've never told anyone about this I've talked about masturbation with like one or two people, like my secular friends who were like, you know, it is what it is. Like whatever I do it too. Um, but I never talked to it on this like level of like, I think I have a problem. And so in this moment with the people who I was closest with, I shared and they were so loving about it and so great. And I was just like, it was so freeing. And, um, and I, I can't say enough, like speak your truth. Yeah. It like brings it out of the darkness into the light and oh then my you gosh. like deal with it. And it is scary. Like I, <clears throat> I don't want to take that away from people because it's like, this is a hard thing. Yeah. But the first time you say it, every time after that is going to get so much easier mm-hmm. to the point that you're sitting on a bed <laughs> with a stranger after sharing your story with them. Exactly. But, um, so, so after that moment, like the Lord started working in this recovery for me. So, um, I kept trying to do it by myself. Because I didn't see this as an addiction. I just saw this as like, I just don't feel like what I'm doing is right anymore. Mm. Because it doesn't feel like just like, you know, doing it in the morning to make me happy. I have to do it to get out of bed. I okay. have to do it to go to sleep. Yeah. Um, porn, still not so much an addiction that I needed it. But like, I would always find it. Like, I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to look at it. And then a couple days later, I'd just have that itch. Mm. And I need to find it. I need to look it up. And so I would. 
um, and no accountability. So um, it wasn't until after I graduated from college, I'd been kind of fighting this for like a two, three years. And um, I had one of my worst relapses, one of my worst moments. And I mean, I can always go into detail. I'm not really ashamed of it as much anymore, but it's just one of those moments where it's like, I thought I was doing really well, not masturbating, not watching porn. And then I just hit a low mm-hmm. to the point that I had like ultimately like was sending naked images of myself to strangers. Okay. And well, thanks for saying that. Yeah. I, yeah. Because for some reason that dark hole, cause when it, once again, when you have an addiction and then you relapse, it's like you black out almost. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like you get into this space of like, okay, I'm not going to watch porn, but I'm going to find something really close to that. And for some reason, that was an app where you talk to strangers about sex. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. sexting app. Wow. Because once again, technology just makes it possible <laughs> Ugh, to yeah. do that. And um, yeah, I was literally just talking to men. Could have not been men. Could have been boys. Could have been old men. Yeah. Could have been women. Could have been pedophiles. I, You know what I mean? Just think about it now. It's like, oh, gosh. but like you know it just it was crazy for two days straight I was just like gorging myself in these conversations I mean I give myself a little credit at least I like cut my face out of those pictures yes praise Jesus (laughs) like I was wise enough with that but still after like you know once you kind of come out of that like that weird I don't even know what you call it it's like out of that coma yeah it's like and you take that first breath you're like what have I done? Oh, wow. And then just so much shame, so much blah, 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 blah. And it was after that that I discovered this website. And I was on, I had like finished watching porn. I was on my phone, on Snapchat. And it was like this Snapchat story talking about masturbation. I was like, huh, that's interesting. I was just doing that. <laughs> and I'm watching it. And it was, I'm pretty sure it's like a story that was like masturbation positive and porn positive. But it had this like little advertisement clip about this website called nofap.com and um it's an anti-masturbation anti-porn website it's no f-a-p yeah does no. that stand for something or is that just yeah because like fap is kind of like a slang internet term for like uh masturbation because like that's the sound it Ew, makes okay. I, know. I was like oh that's an interesting <laughs> title but it caught my attention sure so immediate and this is like also like three in the morning i've been up watching porn which porn does that too because you get sucked yeah. into that hole and then you have no sleep because You've been watching porn and it's three in the morning and I'm on this website and I'm getting so pumped because I'm reading these, it's like a forum, just kind of like any kind of online bloggy thing Mm -hmm. where collected people who are struggling with these addictions come together and my mind was blown. Mm -hmm. I'm reading stories about men whose marriages were disrupted by porn addiction. I'm reading about women who, um, you know, they have sex um, but porn and masturbation have ruined their lives. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I finally have a place. In it. Like I, wow. I, it, it felt like the saving grace. And so I signed up, I started like getting full into it. I was writing blogs. I was meeting people, um, having conversations. Um, we have like terminology on that site, learning all the lingo. So if you're addicted, if you're there on the site to battle, um, porn, you, we call it P masturbation is m orgasm o and so uh you know i was there for pmo you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we don't want to like 
we don't want to use explicit words because those words can be, um, you know, bring on that sensation, like that, yeah. those desires or triggers or whatever you want to call them. And so, um, just this, this haven, haven for people like me. And it was really great. Um, and I invested all of this need to be saved through this. Um, and it was great. It really, I mean, it still is, still is great. I now use it more as a resource um, because um, I think because I put all of this into it, all this desire to be fixed and stuff into it, it wasn't a resource. It was like a life source. Yeah. And so um, in that, though, I started seeing like kind of the negative sides. There are very few women on this site. And there's a woman community. I would talk to the mostly the women. But then there were like, the weird people who would come in because this is online. You're going to have that. Yeah. And we would be like actually preyed on. Like I would get messages from guys kind of being like, Hey, like, do you want to be my accountability partner? Seeming Mm -hmm. very innocent, Mm -hmm. but kind of turning their own kind of source of sex. And I actually don't blame these people because we are addicts. We are a bunch of, and we're holding. That's that's very gracious of you. I, I mean, yeah, there were those, like, I think you have to build this tolerance of like, no tolerance. Like, I'm not going to accept this. Yeah, yeah. But I understand why you're doing this for the most part. Yeah. Um, we're all really horny and you're battling an addiction of desiring to, you know, of lust and all these things. And so, um, yeah, just using it less as less and less of a life source and more as a resource. And mm-hmm. I was able to just use it when I needed it. Um, getting accountability partners. Cause that was the first step having someone who could hear my story and help me through it. And I ended up having a male accountability partner, which is kind of like they, they speak against it on the site just because you know, it's yeah. a hard balance. And I of course was very cautious going into it. He had sent me this message after I'd gotten all these creepy messages. I got this one really nice message of just like, Hey, um, I read your blog. I thought it was really great. And I just want to encourage you. And I know you're a Christian, so keep it up, sister in Christ. And I was like, oh, snap. Like, mm-hmm. that was really sweet. Um, and just this organic relationship came out of it. Nothing creepy. No weird vibes. We were very open um, about talking about certain things. But we also had hard boundaries of like, okay, we're not going to like talk about, like use these words or whatever. And this person was like my first accounting booth accountability partner and I was able to go a full 90 days wow. not masturbating and it was wow. amazing um and then I relapsed <laughs> and that's the downside of addiction is like there are these major upswings and then these deep falls yeah and uh after relapsing that first time you know I kind of stopped talking to him as much you know we have our own lives things happen um but at this point in my journey I was able to actually share with one of my closest friends from church about this Mm. and that was kind of like that next step there are all these just different steps of recovery signing up for nofap meeting this accountability partner online you know sharing my story with an actual physical person yeah um who just loved and embraced me and actually struggles with the same thing which Mm. was oh and did that surprise you yeah wow and so it's just like god showing me in that with that vulnerability like we are connected in this. Yes, yes. A lot of people struggle in this. Yes, they do. And so that really opened the door for me to that recovery. And, you know, since then, um, I have had another accountability partner and uh, I've gone a couple more days of like, you know, these long periods have gone like half a year without masturbating. Um, and I don't know what the end goal is really. Um, and that's okay. 
Um, no porn is definite for me. I just, I've seen so much negative implications of it in my life. Um, I am striving now that I've been saved. Um, and because of my addiction, I desire to save myself until marriage. Oh, I desire it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have had sex before. No. Oh, you're a virgin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh. yeah. So I... Um, virgin in the yeah. house. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> and, and I had shame with that because, like, I had that desire to have sex. Oh, I, wow. And okay. I was able to have this understanding of, like, well, it doesn't determine my salvation. So I don't think I'll wait until marriage. Mm-hmm. But then discovering this as an addiction and getting closer in my relationship with Christ, I'm just like, you know what? I'm worth it. And my spouse is worth it. And where I'm at, I would like to. Mm. But I'm also very open to the fact that I might not. And that's okay. I think that's really healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really interesting, too, because I have another podcast, again, with Harmony uh, Dust Grillo. She was a former stripper, and she came from a lot of, like, sexual abuse and assault and you know everything so she's been married twice but for both of her the men she saved herself after having all of this like sexual trauma and everything and it was interesting because I'm so traumatized by purity culture that I am so prone to bucking anything about abstinence or you know I just like used to hate the sound of it and now I'm acclimating to the idea that Everyone is different. Everyone has a different journey and there is something incredibly beautiful. There is something incredibly beautiful about submitting your sexuality and it wouldn't it doesn't even have to be to God necessarily if anyone's listening that's not Christian or whatever. Like just submitting that integral part of yourself to be like I deserve better. Whoever I love one day deserves better and I'm going to do something to honor that is is beautiful. And then obviously I believe when you're bringing God into the equation, then that's all the more because then you're, that's your body and your spirit and your love all aligning into one. So like I'm the same way. I will <laughs> – I refuse to say I'm saving myself from marriage because it hurt me so much. But like at the same time, I'm in a period of abstinence right now and I'm loving it. I feel very like powerful. I feel – very respectful of all the men around me. I'm not being a predator towards them. And like, and I feel like I'll keep my head on straight when I do find someone that I'm down to date because like, you know, because I've been practicing this for a second and I feel differently. So yeah, I really honor and respect that that's your personal journey. And I think it's interesting just to illuminate that you're allowed to see abstinence or purity in the way that is right for your life. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And it's, yeah, not having the pressure of saving myself in the sense of like, if I don't save myself, I'm going to go to hell or like not having that pressure. Is very, <laughs> yeah. Like that pressure is so oh crazy. My gosh. It's yeah. It's, it's unattainable. Yeah. And, and, and I think being an addict, being able to recognize like when you set those unrealistic expectations, it makes the fall so much harder. And that's, and that's what even causes a greater divide between you and God. It's like, yes. because it's all, everything you're putting on yourself. Like, God is not requiring this of us, but we, we're like, oh, I think this is what you want, so I'm going to do it. And then we fail, and we're like, God, why did you allow this to happen? And he's like, yo, <laughs> yo, I didn't require that in the first place. I yeah. required you to love me. 
I required you to serve me and put me first. So when it comes to, yeah, sex before marriage, yes, I am. That is a desire of my heart. I would hope that, um, a man that I enter a relationship with, um, would respect that. And, um, because I think also sex out of pressure is super bad. Oh no, terrible. And yeah. so it's like, and if we both have just that desire and we get caught up in it and we're fallible in that and we end up having sex before marriage, like, you know, I'd hope that we'd be able to take the, the mature approach of like repentance and, and that, but not have this self deprecating, like yeah. oh, we're sinners. And then our whole entire relationship is screwed because we made this expectation so um so yeah so and and in terms of my addiction yeah like I I don't I don't know (laughs) I yeah like I said I want to be porn free I just it's so damaging um and that there's to me there's no place in my life for that Mm. but with masturbation um, you know, a lot of these people on NoFap, by the way, it's not a Christian site. It's secular. There are people of all walks of life there, which is awesome. That's cool. They're yeah. not anti porn industry. They're just, and there, there's so much great scientific information and research done to show like, yes, watching excess porn causes this too much masturbation causes that. Um, what are the, I would love to hear about that. Yeah, I, you know, I'm totally going to butcher it, but, no, it's um, okay. a general idea, but mostly at least the things that stood out more with masturbation is that, um, you know, when we're self-satisfying, um, we get so accustomed to the way that we, yes, satisfy ourselves. And so when it comes to interacting with a partner, um, that can get dramatically changed. That can get altered. That's why you get a lot more circumstances of, um, delayed ejaculation or sorry if anyone gets triggered by that sorry but (laughs) suck it up Um, we're talking about porn and masturbation here but um you have um more cases of like blue balls or like for women blue petals and like um you're not satisfied so your sex life is kind of being ruined by yourself um they call it like a death death for guys it's death grip for girls it's death schlick I don't know it's it's a okay. weird word but basically like of course like the more you masturbate the more custom you get to it and so just like porn it, you you push it further and further and further and so when you're with a partner it you're not being satisfied mm. because you're like you know if you're used to it for a yeah. guy if you're used to like squeezing I mean, really hard a girl's yeah. vagina's not gonna do that for you so yeah I've heard about that among a lot of young men or, yeah, men my age, too, are, like, I had a friend, completely secular, not religious at all, gave up pornography, like, a couple years ago because he felt like it was destroying his ability to be with his girlfriend, yeah. you know, on many different levels. But also, you know, just to strike the balance, masturbation is important when it's done in moderation and in respect of your body because it is a beautiful way, especially with people that have been sexually assaulted or traumatized Mm. to learn their body, to learn what they, you know, know and like. And if you haven't been assaulted, whatever, just to understand how your body works and know how to help your partner satisfy you more. But yes, that is then the balance between you satisfying yourself and learning your body versus then being able and healthy enough to share and express that with your partner and not make them two so totally separate things. Like your sexuality should be 
whole and one and in alignment with your mind, body, soul, and your partner. So, like, yeah, I think it's all about striking that beautiful balance, Mm -hmm. which is obviously difficult to impossible when you're suffering an addiction. And I think it, it too comes down to stewardship, like the things that God has provided for us. Um, he gave us the world to steward and to take care of. And, um, kind of had I not gotten, you know, started masturbation so young or at least had a healthier understanding of it at a younger age, I might've been able to steward it properly to the point where it's like, yeah, I'm horny. So just go take care of that real quick. And now I'm good. And I can go about my day. Well, how do you think that could have, how do you think a message like that could have been translated to you? Let's say you were right now raising a 12 year old girl or boy in this current world. Yeah. With cringing to think of all these porn sites. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so what do you wish it would have been for you? How could you have steered someone away from this path? Mm. Well, I think even growing up in a house in a home where um, I had that much information and I still couldn't fully avoid it. Yeah, that's what's scary. Yeah, but I think, you know, more conversations about this doesn't hurt. Since the since people have so much at their fingertips, so many resources on the internet now, I feel like we should just have also an equal amount of um, conversations, blogs, and preferably not blogs, maybe something more, you know, research and like actually educated about the results you know we have cigarettes still they're not gone but we have warnings up the wazoo we have you know commercials and stuff sharing about you know hey look you can do this if you want to just know that these side effects might happen yeah you know um and so same with porn like you know i'm not kind of like what you're saying i'm not against those who are put in those situations um where they need to work and maybe they want to you know i mean i there's all different kind of porn stars, yeah, you know, sure. from all different walks of life. How they ended up there is different for everyone. Mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of like, um, you know, I'm not asking to eradicate, like, get rid of the porn industry. Because let's be honest, it's whenever impossible. we try to do that, <laughs> it becomes so much worse. Totally. And so it's just kind of like when you have an equal amount to balance it out of, like, this is what it leads to, then it gives people more of like an understanding of like, maybe I shouldn't do this or like, no, I still want to um, give more choice. And we have so many choices, but not enough to counterbalance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I would love for you to explain more about why it's so harmful to be reading erotica. Mm. Cause my first guess would be, I definitely believe, I I wish I had a different word for this because it sounds so hippie, which I resist, but yeah. manifestation. And maybe in a more Christian way, you would just say, you know, it's, it's just obvious. Wherever yeah. you're focusing your attention, wherever your heart is like vibrating and however you're presenting yourself to the world inside and out, you're going to be drawing specific things unto yourself because of that. Not that everything bad happens to you because you deserved it or because you drew it in, but like a lot of times you can trace back some terrible thing that happened and be like, oh, look, that was a trajectory of me inviting that crazy thing into my life. Like Mm -hmm. I was in a very abusive relationship, but I'm like, I can hate him all day long, but like, oh my gosh, these are the 10 things that I did to invite that. So like, you know, for me, I definitely believe in the power of focus. You know, I spend so much time focused on God as grave, for example, and it reaps beauty and joy and like, 
knowledge, whatever, that is where my head is at. And so if you are in a space of erotica and this fantasy and everything, what is so negative about that? Why is that bad? Right. Um, yeah, I feel like I always want to preface with like, this is not for everyone. I feel like um, just, yeah, my, the way that my world unraveled around erotica, I feel like, yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that. <laughs> well, but, I mean, I'm going to get behind you and be like, I can see the damage in messages because like I, <laughs> out of curiosity, read Fifty Shades of Grey because I was like, just what is this? <laughs> what is this? Nice. It had no effect on me whatsoever. Yeah. It didn't, oh, totally. didn't resonate at all. Like I obviously the writing uh, leaves oh, it's, much it's to not. be desired. I will I will state <laughs> on record that they are not well-written books. No. I read it strictly for the erotic but that's what was so fascinating to me because I was like, wow, I've never read such a poorly written book that did so well. Did so well. And but it was also so I was like, dang, she hit on all the points. She had a girl that it was she mentioned being very average, yep. under the radar. Yep. No one would ever notice Nothing her. Me. It yeah, out. she's <laughs> not doing anything special. Yeah, she explicitly says, Hey, this is you and me, any right. any girl. This right. could be you. And here's a guy who's pursuing me ceaselessly. Mm-hmm. Not even but it's not even just that. It's like he can't stay away. And Yeah, and by the way, he's actually a stalker. Oh my god, he's, he's so a, crazy. He's a sadist. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, encountered a sadistic person once, and it's just like, there is no happy ending to that. Yeah. A sadistic person is a sadistic person. Yeah. So a guy, if a guy has an entire dungeon in his house right. devoted to dominating women and being sadistic yeah you are not having you you are not meeting his mother Mm-mm. and but, but she did <laughs> but she did in book one <laughs> that's the thing and that's why so i'm like yeah i see the problematic messages yeah but i also cannot relate to it then being infused into my life and harming me actually right right right, right. you know okay. what i mean totally so um even before 12 and discovering porn uh i would like find books that my mom liked and um not to keep throwing my mom under the bus <laughs> sex positive woman um so she would have books and they were a little raunchy and i would sneak them and like I those would... supermarket books basically yeah. yeah and but they were like old school right so they're like 80s 90s and um you know talking about a vagina is like the delta of venus and like <laughs> you know her bosom and the peaks and like words like that which are like ugh, stupid but it's like song of songs yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um but being so attracted to the story of like just like you're saying 50 shades like these stories in erotica do not change they're just different names different figures whatever. well they're like fairy tales with sex right yes exactly. per, like all these unrealistic right and ridiculous I'm a, scenarios. I'm a millennial raised on disney so i love me that right. i love me that story of like when is my prince gonna come mm-hmm. and desire me and um and then we're going to have, like, mind-blowing sex, how it's written out here. And so I'm building these false fantasies. It's, like, I see it definitely more harmful than porn. Because at least porn, visually, you're like, okay, like, you know, my body doesn't look like that and all this stuff. Like, but with, with fantasy, it's all in the mind. And mm. so it's just, like, you the mind is so powerful. It's like, why can't I have that? Why can't I? And then when you see a guy in the store who might look like that dark, ominous, not ominous, dark, you know, dark, sexy, brooding guy. Well, like, it is ominous in real life. Oh, totally, totally. You met a, you met Christian Gray. Oh my God, run sadist. away, run yeah. away. <laughs> um, 
And so you create this fantasy and it just, it just disrupts my, like it's disrupted my life to the point where like when I engage with men, I withdraw myself because it's like, you see reality going one way of like, Oh, we're at the bar. He bought me a drink. And then my mind's like fantasy, like how's this going to play out? And Mm. then it doesn't. And so then I retreat back into that fantasy of like, this is how, and it's safer there. Mm. Which, but it's just so unrealistic and I keep how I've kind of been explaining it recently to some when I now share more openly about this with different women um, it's just kind of like I'm rewriting the story that God is trying to write for me I'm like mm, I see what you're trying to do Lord and uh, I don't like it so I'm just going to write my own um, and so I'm just retreating into my own fantasy. Mm. And, it, and in a sense, I see this as like possibly tainting, yeah, like this love story that God has planned for me. And being on NoFap and reading these stories and like kind of these cautionary tales, these real tales of people and what porn and masturbation has done to them. It's like I haven't been able to see major glimpses of how this has affected me like I have this understanding but I haven't seen it because you know like if you're an alcoholic you know you see how like it's like destroyed your family or like if you're uh, drugs and stuff like your body actually disintegrates um the only effects I've really seen is like yeah this addiction of like stamina and like needing to like please and certain things like that and like a slight retreat Mm. from people but that's mostly like it's hard to tell because I'm an extrovert you know I'm um and of course, how I interact with men, but, um, I'm reading these stories about people who are like in marriages, like, um, so the girl who's my AP now was telling me accountability partner. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was telling about this, this girl that she knows who struggled with the same thing. And then she got married thinking that, you know, Oh, finally well, be over. Yeah. It'll be over. Cause I'm going to be sexually satisfied. And it's still something that she struggles with constantly. Mm. Um, another story from a male perspective is there's a man who was addicted to porn and um, he got married thinking once again, like this is going to, it's going to be fine. His wife, every day that she leaves the house and leaves him in the house, she takes the internet router because he, he cannot be left alone. And it's like, these are some extreme cases. And like, yeah. I obviously don't feel like I fall in those categories, but I don't want to be under the illusion that I'm removed from that because mm. I am an addict. I see those signs. And so that's why I want to end this now, kill this. No, maybe not kill, but you know, I want to rectify this, recover from this addiction now before I get into a marriage and it really does that damage or before I get so far in my life that I can't stop. So, yeah. um, I think that's where the, the journey weighs the heaviest of like, it's the, un- I don't know what it's going to do. I don't know what the future holds, but you know what? Let's just yeah. nip it now. Well, okay. So then that's the element of the erotic fiction and the, and your head. And I do like your brain is a muscle that can be trained. I think that's very encouraging. And it's also scary because like you said, you can either make a terrible habit or break a bad habit in the same amount of time. But so you have the power of your mind with erotic fiction. And now let's talk about the implications of watching these bodies that are looking a certain way, that are performing in a certain way. A girl that's, you know, doing double penetration or multiple angles and all this crazy stuff like 
how does that feel as well engaging in that imagery as far as your body image or your concept of like how you would actually want sex to look for yourself right once again i think i feel grateful that i i can watch porn and be in a space of that's not real or like i that's not me yeah um i can be turned on or i can be uh you know yeah i can be aroused by watching these things and yeah in a sense like have this desire of like oh, maybe like one day anal yeah let's do it <laughs> you know that kind of thing but for the most part i think i've overall have a i don't want to say healthy because i don't want to be like yeah porn I no, feel like you're I, making that clear. Don't yeah, worry. <laughs> yeah. I have this understanding that it's just like, this is pornography. Okay. End of line. But yeah. it still doesn't always, yeah, remove those insecurities of like, wow, if a guy is watching this, that's going to be his expectation. And he ain't going to get that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That- I think it'd be hard for me to be in a relationship and walk in a room and see my man watching something that I could not. Yeah. attain you know you know totally. if i walked in and it was like oh, a blonde chick you yeah know, just maybe i would be like okay well, but like yeah you know i don't know like uh because the only thing i could equate it to is like just being a model and like the terrible expectation that's put on women just in our society in general yeah. so i think pornography brings a totally different element whereas like not only you're supposed to be like and like beautiful oh walking throughout your life every day but also in the bedroom you're supposed to be this wild cat. I mean, I have a story of one of my friends was visiting his niece and nephew Mm -hmm. and he walked by a bedroom or something and heard their like maybe 11 or 10 year old neighbor girl saying to the eight year old boy, sorry, this is explicit, but, um, like, do you want to see my pussy? Do you want to lick my pussy? And he told the parents, like his brother or whatever, and they confronted her, talked to her or whatever, and she explained that she had seen a film where they were like using that language. So a lot of girls and boys are actually starting to bring that terminology in. Men that I've talked to have said when they sleep with girls of a younger generation, 10 years younger, your generation, that a lot of the girls are using these terminologies. They're acting raunchy. Yeah, they are like porno. Yeah, yeah. They are they are replicating what they're seeing in pornography. And you being a virgin, I know that like, yes, you're exactly right. It will be very different when you're actually in that scenario. But also, these behaviors are learned, and like the expectation is, if this guy is watching porn, then I guess I do have to come up in that room, talking like those girls do and right. behaving like these girls do, and it's. That, I think, is a whole different scary element of it as well. Totally. And I think also being a Christian and, like, still being confident in the fact that the Lord wants us to enjoy sex he's created for us to enjoy. Um, and kind of what happens in the bedroom, I think, um, I don't know. I think there's, like, a sense of fear for me that, like, when I do have start having sex and because I've have all these images and like what you're saying, like these, these young people have, it's just going to be like, that's created like kind of a perverse idea of what the Lord has in store for sex for me. If that makes sense. So it's like, you know, like, am I saying, you know, anal is a sin. Like, am I saying like, you know, those certain like 
explicit things are a sin in marriage. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I vote no. I think well, yeah, because I feel like you know if you're <clears throat> your marriage, you're consent, you're both consenting. Yeah, you desire each other. There's no, there's nothing else in between that that's getting in the way of that. Like, yeah, but it's just like if I'm being motivated from that, you know, like oh, like I saw this video on someone, a girl getting strangled, and then I have this like perverse desire. You mm-hmm. know, it's like is this already creating this yeah perversion in what? Um, sex is supposed to be for me and my partner so but once again like these are things i don't know because i'm not having sex yet so it's once again this this no it's interesting because that yeah with with the combination of erotic fiction and pornography it sounds like you have the dichotomy of raunch and romance and neither of them is based in reality right Right. And even the sweetest of things, like, you know, those romantic, you know, he swept her hair and he laid her down and, yeah. like, those things. I feel like even that can still be this perversion of, like, mm-hmm. because if a guy doesn't do that in that kind of way with candles and flowers and all these things, then it's just, it's not going to satisfy. This is not <laughs> what I had designed for sex. It's like, so. Gosh, I've never even, I've never really thought that deeply of all of this. It's crazy. Well, let's say kind of in conclusion what what would you say to someone that is let's go through a couple different steps what would you say to someone that has not yet seen pornography or read anything erotic and is just like dabbling all their friends are like thinking about it doing it whatever like what would you say to someone like that oh (laughs) so much pressure (laughs) like run Uh, yeah i there's that verse in, in Song of Solomon where, you know, it's like Daughters of Zion, like you've like done a commentary on that before, but Daughters of Zion, like don't, don't, don't stir don't, love don't, don't before stir, it's yeah, time. Yeah. And, um, I don't, yeah, I don't use that as like an anti, um, porn masturbation platform. Um, although when I had kind of started being convicted, that, that, that verse kept popping up for me and I was mm. like, dang, I stirred the pot, you know, I stirred the love, but, um. I would say guard your heart Mm. because I attribute to where I'm at in my journey because of exploration, because I was curious. Curiosity is not a sin, but guard your heart going into it. I think it's once again, being prepared, knowing that like, um, the side effects are like, if you take some medicine or whatever, it's just like, no, educate yourself and know before you start that, this potentially could happen. Masturbation does satisfy. Maybe actually not for everyone, let's be honest. Like, some people aren't satisfied by that. But, um, you know, pornography does um, invoke these hormones and, you know, all these things. But know also all these things that kind of go along with it. Yeah. As a Christian, know that if this might be something that... And also take a look at your family history. (laughs) I come from a line of horny women. So knowing that, like, this is going to be something that's going to be more difficult for me because that desire for sex is so much greater. I think that's great advice, actually, because I am a huge researcher. Like, (laughs) I've experimented with drugs, nothing crazy, but just, like, yeah, I've taken ecstasy, I've done mushrooms, like, on my journey of exploration because I'm also a very curious person. And I have a lot of opinions on that as well. But... I never once 
you know, have put out my hand and taken anything because I come from a line of addicts and I've always been very aware, like, I've never messed with cocaine ever because specifically there's a line of, you know, cocaine problems in my family and there's also pill problems. Mm -hmm. So even if I've had like a surgery or something, if I'm given a prescription for pills, it's like, cool, I'm going to put these five aside that I actually need and then please get the rest away. You know, just never underestimate your propensity to not be okay or to choose evil or destruction like it creeps up on you and I think family history is a huge part of it that's really brilliant and also just like understanding that always be humble just be like I may I can say all day long I'll never kill anyone and it's like yeah that sounds like a really safe thing to say because I do not see that happening right however I think it's good and wise to go through life being like but maybe I could so I'm just going to be smart about it and I'm just going to take the precautions maybe less extreme like you're saving yourself for marriage. Cool. Then don't be at, at night, late in bed with a bottle of wine sitting next to a dude. Like, mm-hmm. you could do it. Right. Don't say that you can't. Right. Like, you could do anything. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> so We're not immune like, to sin. It's it's guaranteed that we yeah. will do it. So, no, absolutely. And I think community and accountability, these are tough things to talk about. But, mm. especially in the Christian community, like, it's supposed to be safe. It's supposed to be a safe place. And so when you're talking about it, get perspectives from other people and make sure they're safe people too. Don't go up to your most judgmental friend and tell her about it. But like, yeah, find that low key person that you have a sense. I mean, God, I believe God led you to that specific person because your hearts were radiating towards each other. You guys probably instinctually knew it was a safe spot. You were dealing with the same thing. I, th- I believe God does that for you as well. And and kind of how I ended up here too. It's just like yeah. every step that I've taken has um, been to share more and share more. I don't feel ashamed, but I am still, yes, very guarded on who I share um, this testimony with, especially men. I don't share this with men yeah, because especially if the, for the off chance that they might be suffering from the same thing. Mm. Talking about sex with people, yes, is can be awkward and stuff, but it also is, it creates intimacy, even just talking about it. Mm. And I'm not ashamed, but I also don't want images of my addiction, my sexual addiction to be on the minds of the men that are around me that I care for. You know what okay, I mean? That's so, great advice. You know I mean? Yeah. It's just, so it's just using wisdom in that, mm-hmm. you know, but if like, let's say, you know, I'm having a conversation with a guy friend and he like is vulnerable in that or whatever, then maybe I would feel a little more safe to be like, yo, actually, I have that problem too. Or someone like, you know, spouting nonsense about like, oh, girls are never addicted. I'm like, actually, no. But yeah, these are these are God-led situations. Being in tune to the spirit, guard your heart, be open, mm-hmm. community. And then I think what you said was brilliant too about just not putting too much weight on yourself. Like I believe the Holy Spirit is very gentle, for example. So it's not like, you know, if you have this this problem that is massive in your life I kind of like thinking of things as long division you don't take the entire problem all at once and God doesn't put that on you it's like one step at a time can you go a week without this or can you take out this element can you not watch porn but just stay with erotica for a second I feel like did you do things like that that were just more like a gentle journey when you were when you did have successful moments like that six months or that ninety days? Yeah. Like was, what do the ninety days look like? 
stressful. (laughs) (laughs) 90 days was really hard. It was um, constant communication with my AP because I'm just, I'm one of those people I need to talk about it. I need to get it out there. That's great. A safe person in a safe space. Mm -hmm. Um, And getting that feedback of like, yo, it's okay. Keep doing it. Keep checking through. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Mm -hmm. Um, Encouragement. So that was a big thing. So those 90 days were encouraging. Um, reminding yourself of the truth. So I, I absolutely agree of like, yes, I don't take things too seriously because if I mess up, I am forgiven. But then there's always this, this, I feel like maybe people struggle with Christianity because like sometimes it seems hypocritical of like, yes, the gentleness and the love and the mercy and the grace. But also there is a sense of severity of like, no, but you can do this because God has given you Mm. Free will, but he's given you a strong heart and the capability to do this. And so it's, it's like that having that balance of like, you got this, you can do this. Yeah. And if you mess up, it's okay, but you can do this. So you will <laughs> yeah. do this. It's like being in the gym, you so know, get what I mean? it together. Endurance, yeah. like mm-hmm. understanding that in the long run, this is going to pay off. Mm. This is, and, and it's okay because you don't need this. You know, I turn to masturbation because I'm depressed or happy or whatever like you know i'm doing it to just satiate whatever moment that is over it's a moment Mm. and there's nothing worse than having gone a long period of time Mm. striving and enduring and then giving it up for a moment Mm. it's heartbreaking Mm. and um but you know the lord cries with you and he's there with you in that. And so I think there's that beauty and that bittersweetness. So it's like, get up, do it again. Has it gotten easier? No. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's, that's good to know. It's uh, So actually recently I um, I just started therapy. That was the next step for me. Mm. And for some reason I didn't think therapy was like an option. I just, it's <laughs> yeah. so funny how like I consider myself a very self-aware person, but like I couldn't even see like the different steps because this is addiction and it's not like. Your people police. don't awkward like yeah people don't talk about this no anyway. about yeah. yeah exactly so it's kind of like i found out therapy was a good option so i started therapy and that was fine but then therapy was ending and so i was like the next option was like maybe i should do an aa book i read um uh this addiction book written by russell brand i forget the title but it's brilliant if you were mm. any kind of addict whether it's sex alcohol or even like addicted to anxiety or whatever read it so good Mm. um it's also an audiobook so i listen to it and he's just so he's so funny he's a maniac guy (laughs) i love him i want to know him personally but um through reading this book i was like i think aa could be the next step for me Mm. and there was a lot of research in that and it was hard because it was like either i want um an aa group that's strictly christian or an aa group that is focused around sexual things but I felt more comfortable going into like a Christian one just because I don't know how that would turn out. And it was horrible. It was a hor- It was literally every stereotype minus the donuts, which I was very disappointed about. Had the stale <laughs> coffee, bunch of like down and out looking people. I'd also gotten a fender bender that morning. So I did not want to be there. Aww. I was sat on a couch that literally smelled like pee. It was, oh, I, it was horrible. And I was so upset because I was like, I thought this was the next step for my recovery. Mm. I put so much into that. Um, so yeah, so it's hard. It's taking these blows of like, okay, like how do I move to a more efficient recovery? How do I move? But God is moving. You know what I mean? I had to go to that AA and I'm not against AA. I might go back to another place, find a new place, but, um, especially therapy, totally recommend therapy for like anything, yeah. you know, not just addiction. Um, but yeah, it's been hard, but I, but I 
but things like this, having this conversation with you, it just reminds me of like, this is not where you were. You wouldn't even talk about it. Yeah. That's four or brilliant. five years ago mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. your best friends. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I see encouragement in that. Yeah. That's every, awesome. Every small step. Dang. And what's next for you? Just keep on keeping on. Keeping on with that. Um, Yeah, just focusing on health and recovery. And like I said, I don't know what that looks like. Trying to go completely pornless. That means uh, no erotica. Um, Actually, I'm very also intangible what I watch in the mainstream, Mm. which sucks because I love shows like Game of Thrones. I love, oh my gosh, Outlander. Love it. (laughs) And I have to stop watching it. Mm. That's where the conviction was not shame. Just the conviction of this is hard for you mm. to watch this. And of course, I think too, like with sex scenes, you don't tend to watch them with other people. These are the shows that you tend to watch by yourself. And when I'm by myself, I know what I'm going to do with myself. Yeah. And so it's like, if you want to watch the show with another person, do it. Fine. Okay. But you're not going to. So don't watch it. Mm. And that's hard. Yeah. There are even times where, like I can't even listen to like, a Jason Derulo song because I'm like, damn, like this is getting me all kind of hot and bothered right now. So it's boundaries. It's being more intentional. It's, um, that's what it is. And, and who knows where it's going to go. And that's okay. I just have faith that like, at some point I'm going to get to a point where I can have sex and everything's going to be Gucci. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and I'm okay with the not knowing. That's brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Maddie. I'm so grateful that you shared this with so much transparency, and I think it's amazing. And I love your humility and being like, this journey is not over. Thank you, anyone that's made it to the end of this conversation. And you're not alone if you're struggling through this. I'm here with you. So nofap.com sounds like an amazing resource. N-O-F-A-P. Yeah. Resource, not life source. So, you Mm -hmm. know, be wary going in. It's online. There are weird people everywhere. But... It's, it's a community, and that's so important for people with addiction. Yeah, brilliant. All right, well, we love you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless.